Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas. Today, we're in the world of pets and food. It's like a combo, like food and pet brand. I can't even wait to introduce you. We're talking bone broth, I mean, which is so hot right now in the market. Uh, and we're talking pets and like dogs. I, I, I mean, I can't even wait. This is such a great combo. I think maybe the first uh, of this product in 300 plus episodes of the Contender Cast and on the podcast today is Kim Hare and Sue Delegan, who are the founders of Brutus Broth. Guys, it's so great having you on the podcast. Thanks for having us. We Thank really you. appreciate it. I am so glad you guys are here. Um, I had so much fun researching your brand, uh, reading your your story, uh, and, and just giving this thought. I've got three dogs, so I'm very eager to learn. And um, my guess is many of our listeners have <laughs> some dogs as well. And they're like, wait, bone broth and dogs? I, I got to hear more about this. So um, here, let's do this first. You both have amazing backgrounds before jumping into this business, Kim. And it, you know, I saw you did work in strategic marketing, corporate comms. Um, Sue, on your side, nonprofit, product marketing. So share a little bit with our audience what you were doing before you guys even met and started this company? Okay. Well, um, we actually are sisters. I'm the oldest sister. This is Kim. Um, I have a very weird career path. I actually went to a hotel school. I went to the Cornell Hotel School and then started my career as an environmental consultant for hotels. And then after that, I kind of went into private equity and investment banking and corporate communications. And then my last corporate job was head of strategy for a luxury hotel company responsible for kind of leveraging the brand. And I oversaw a lot of new business launches through that. That's awesome. Love it. Thanks, Kim. And then over on your side, Sue. So I, I started, like Kim said, we're sisters. I'm much, much younger than she is. Um, Much younger. Wow. My career is not that long, but I started in investment banking in Boston right out of college. And then I moved to Washington DC, uh, 20 years ago or so and got into the nonprofit sector, um, was there for about 10 years until I had my son. And then um, had my daughter two years later. At that time, I actually was approached by a few gentlemen in the dairy industry who asked if I would be interested in coming on board with them and starting an innovative dairy product uh, that I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) Something that I just, I had no clue, but it was a great experience. Um, we launched the product. It, it did well. Um, unfortunately, our manufacturing partner um, was not the best. And so our, our manufacturing um, kind of put us out of business. But sure. we, in that time, the 18 months, we really um, kind of made a name for ourselves in the dairy industry. And I learned so much about CPG and starting another product brand um, 
through that experience. I love it. Yeah. And it, there's a, I, I know some of our listeners are going, yeah, uh, I've lived through the challenges of figuring out manufacturing, especially our new product, and especially when it's like you're, you're figuring out the industry and like food and beverage, which makes it even more unique. And then like manufacturing process and finding the right partner is a major challenge. We could talk about that in a few moments um, with your new product. But um, how did you guys come up with the idea for uh, bone broth for dogs? And I, in my homework, I, I read there was maybe a reference to your grandmother's bone broth, broth and that, you know, helping your own dog out. So share with us that story. Well, so the grandmother is actually our mother. So <laughs> Love and grandma's bone broth. <laughs> yeah, so it was Brutus's grandmother. Uh, Kim and I, I always say that we were drinking bone broth before it was really trendy. So in the <laughs> 70s and 80s, our mother always had bones boiling on the stove. It was very morbid. You know, we'd have nice. friends. Oh, it seems weird, but yeah. Our mother is, is boiling bones on the stove. So when I got married, I my husband asked what I wanted for a wedding gift, and I said a dog. And so we <laughs> found Brutus. He was uh, at a high kill shelter. Um, he was a little older than the, the average dog that was being adopted. So he was about six or seven months old. He had a really bad case of mange, so he had no fur on his head or um, face or chest. And my husband was... Um, he couldn't believe that that was the dog that I picked out. This is what <laughs> dog you want. I right. guess, because no one else will take him. He had been abused. And so we took him and my mother started making him bone broth and would add it to his food when we would visit her. And so I started doing that and he lived a very long and healthy life. He was about 130 pounds. And if you know anything about dogs, 130 pounds, oh they do not have lifespan so right. it's usually about eight to ten years he lived till he was 13 and a half so wow. people always would say what are you doing for him and i would always say love and grandma's bone broth <laughs> and uh when he got up in age people including our veterinarian would ask where do you buy this bone broth and i said i make it and one day we were sitting it was thanksgiving dinner 2016 and we were sitting at dinner. My sister-in-law said, no offense, but how is Brutus still here? You know, <laughs> next to us, right. for turkey. And I said, love and grandma's bone broth. And our brother, who is involved in um, C the CPG world, said, you know, you should really think about creating it and marketing it and bringing it to market. And so um, that's kind of when the wheels started turning. And I called Kim. We did some market research. We looked at the market. We realized that you could buy bone broth for dogs, but it was expensive. It was hard to find. It wasn't shelf stable. And so that's kind of where we, you know, decided there's, there's a hole in the marketplace for this, for, for pet owners. I we, love it. we wanted to create an affordable, but high-end product that everyone could use. And so that was kind of our our strategy. Well, wow, love that. So, um, and and for those who don't know what shelf stable means, that means you don't have to like refrigerate it or worry about it spoiling when you put it on the shelf. Um, and so, how did you go from you know your mother um, making bone broth on the stove to making something that's production ready, like volume that you could then see if people like and use? So 
you know, it's funny because a lot of people, when we first started, they thought we were making this in our kitchen. And really, <laughs> I mean, right away, we knew, it, both Kim and I come from a business background, we right. knew it had to be scalable. So there's, you know, there's the Purinas of the world, and then there's the mom and pops who are making biscuits in their kitchen. Right. And so we knew we kind of had to be that in between. And People ask us all the time how we got our co-packer and our manufacturer because they are our co-packer is one of the largest aseptic co-packers in the country. Um, they actually turn away a lot of business. And it, quite simply, I just called them. I sat <laughs> wow. down one day, I opened my laptop, and I just picked up the phone and started calling every co-packer that I found. And a lot of people laughed. A lot of people hung up. <laughs> people didn't call me back. And they were the only ones that called me back. And that's kind of how we started the relationship with them. Um, they hooked us up with the manufacturer. So we have a great relationship with our manufacturer. And it was really being persistent. And we knew we had this idea that could be really big and be a wow. national brand. We just needed people to believe what we were telling them. And, and they did. Wow. Love that. Yeah. Again, for those who don't know, aseptic processing technique, we're in commercially thermalized, thermally ther sterilized liquid products like food, for example, are packaged into previously sterilized containers under sterile conditions to produce shelf stable products that do not need refrigeration. So again, you can distribute it much easier. In fact, many distributors don't handle refrigerated product and also get it into more places um, more flexibly. So really cool um, that you, and you just picked up the phone and called. I mean, for those listening, yeah, she just made a phone call. Um, so how did you know it was going to work though? Like, in other words, did you try it with other consumers? Did you, was there like an initial set of people that were like, yeah, we want to try this. And they were loving it and saying we'd buy it. Like, how did you know people would buy it if you made it? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, this is Kim. We actually, from my previous life doing business launches under more of a, a bigger corporate umbrella, I always realized like whatever you write in your business plan doesn't always come true. Right. So, sure. um, <laughs> so the importance of beta testing was definitely forefront in our minds. So with Sue and I, you know, Sue mentioned earlier that there was kind of this fragmented marketplace. And when we did do our market research, we saw that there were some very high end expensive not shelf stable, stable bone broths in the market, but they were at these very expensive boutiques. Sure. And so for us, from a positioning standpoint, we saw a few things. One was that people spend a lot more on their dog's food than their kid's food. Right. People, <laughs> people want convenience. Sad but true. <laughs> yes. And people want convenience and accessibility. And then also we saw that um, the grocery sector was starting to innovate their pet aisles. And we saw that people were going to a pet boutique maybe once or twice a month, but people were going to grocery stores once or twice a week. Absolutely. Absolutely. So for us, there was kind of this little sweet spot there where we said, let's position ourselves as a grocery product. Um, Sue and I grew up with dogs and we felt very strongly that you shouldn't have to be a millionaire to feed your dog good high right. quality. <laughs> so really true. 
we, when we developed this product and, and Sue mentioned our manufacturer, our actual manufacturer, they are half of their business is restaurants and the other half of their business is hunger relief. So they develop the nutrient broths for starving people in third world countries. So one of our competitive advantages is that we infuse our bone broth with glucosamine and chondroitin for joint health. Um, wow. so we actually, and, and obviously you, you know, the benefits of bone broth, but we felt that we really wanted to test this in a market that had more of an affluent demographic that might know the benefits of bone broth, glucosamine chondroitin, and appreciate that type of product. But we also knew that um, there were a lot of people like us growing up. Again, we didn't have a lot of money to go to these pet boutiques and buy fancy products. So um, our mom would buy our dog food at the supermarket. And, you know, our positioning is to be affordable. And we thought that some people might not know the benefits of the bone broth per se, but they, and they were feeding their dogs kibble, but they knew that they wanted to give their dogs a little extra something, whether it was a flavor boost, whether it was the extra nutrition, et cetera. So um, we actually went out to Wegmans food markets and <laughs> big yep. Y markets. So we co-pack in the Northeast. So geographically those made sense, but they also had very different demographics. Got it. So you probably called the Wegmans buyer like 25 times to get a meeting. <laughs> you got to be then, persistent, right? Yeah. You get a lot of phone calls. <laughs> and then the big Y supermarkets, it's actually, this is where using your networks really comes in handy because um, it's a family owned company. And one of the family members actually went to high school with us. Oh, you wow. Know, many, Small many, world. Ago. So we're like, hey, remember us? Remember yeah. us? You may not, but we went to the same high school. <laughs> yeah. So we beta tested in those two supermarket chains, and we actually were able to gather a lot of data. We made some product tweaks. We made some pricing tweaks. Um, but more importantly, what it allowed us to do was to get data so that we went, when we then went to do our sales rollout and start approaching other retailers, we had concrete numbers to point to. Ah, so wonderful. Example, we are an incremental product. So we, we knew from the data that we received that 30% of the people that were going in to buy our product were new customers to the store and their average cart spend was higher. So I there were it. different data points like that that we were able to gather that really helped us in that next phase. So cool. I love hearing the numbers and the data. So it's powerful when you're trying to you know get placements and get access to, to retail stores. Um, for those who don't know, the pet food and treat market, just like I got to give you some numbers here. You'll realize like, oh my gosh, I need to start a, a business in this sector. In 20 2020, okay, the total sales were 42 plus billion, like not million, billion, okay, for the year. And that's according to the American Pet Product Association. And that was just, that's just a segment of the overall pet care, like category. And that was 100 billion. I mean, oh my God, huge and, and only growing five, 10% a year. Um, wow. Okay. So um, love all that. So back to you guys. So, uh, so you, you, you find a partner to help with the manufacturing and production. How did that go? How, what did that look like at first? You know, was it like right out of the gate was the right mix, the right packaging? Like, what did that look like up front? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, I feel that we got really lucky with our manufacturer. They're great people. They just, uh, they, they love our product. They stand behind our product. Um, they only make human grade broth. So we're the first pet 
product they've worked with. Uh, it's funny because Kim and I always say we won't compromise on quality. And the CEO of our manufacturing company always says, you know, you could bring the cost down a little bit. If you, just, you, know, <laughs> if you compromise on quality. Cheaper ingredients. And we, we say absolutely not. And he always responds with, well, I make bone broth for, you know, the mass market for humans and yours is higher quality. Wow, so, amazing. Um, yeah. So, you know, we, we have a great relationship with them. We work really closely with um, their product developer. So she has a degree in both food science and animal science. So it really works well for us. Um, and we, again, I, I feel we talk to them probably once a week uh, about product development and just uh, where we are with production. We are developing about uh, five or six new uh, SKUs. And so that's, you know, we're really immersed with them going through every ingredient. And when we first, our first bone broth, um, I picked apart those ingredients like you wouldn't believe. It. I mean, it was the sodium. I was like, okay, we need to get it down just a little more, a little more. And then come back and say, okay, we got it down this low. And I was like, okay, you got to go back. And I mean, we probably did about 12 um, different variations wow. of the original bone broth before we launched it just because again it's you know kim and i it's our name on the brand right. story so if we don't feel good about feeding it to our dogs then we're not gonna sell it to anyone else to feed it to theirs so totally. that's really important to us um but yeah it, it just we couldn't ask for better partners with them they really have been incredible and uh yeah it's they've helped us grow and packaging so Packaging was a whole nother story. <laughs> I mean, that was, you know, one thing about pet that's interesting <laughs> is that, and a lot of people might not know this, but it is regulated state by state. And so when you think that, you know, we, we launched on the East coast, yep. but when you start moving into the Midwest and the West coast, they have different ideas of what your packaging needs. Oh, to great. I don't think most people know that. I mean, we, t so I cover really cannabis too. Well. I mean, cannabis is one thing state by state, but pet food. Wow. I, I mean, I don't know that I even knew that. That's interesting. It is really tough. You know, it's people think that, that pet food isn't regulated, but it is, it's really, and there are certain states that, you know, I, I think I've become best friends with half of the ag directors in the state <laughs> wow. because I would call them and say, look, we're a small family owned business. And, you know, because at one point we couldn't say with glucosamine, we had to put with added glucosamine. Oh my gosh. And one thing about us is we get our packaging from Sweden. So it's a long lead time, but also with the aseptic processing, the minimum orders are very high. So we're, you know, we would order a quarter million units sure. to come over from Sweden that we would have to freight over. And then they would say, oh, no, no, you need to put added, <laughs> you know, <laughs> added glucose. Like, oh, Wait, yeah, I have all these units coming over already printed. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> packaging is the thorn in our side, but we, you know, the, we buy our packaging from Sweden because it's sustainably stores. Oh, so that's we, awesome. You yeah. Know, we have a sustainability platform that's really important to us, but I yeah, the that. packaging is. is yeah, the packaging is great. 
yeah. but then you have to problem solve because you're like oh my god we just ordered like a million units right and now what do you do now put a sticker on there you're gonna put well, a sticker yeah, over it yeah exactly yep. what we did we, we we have a national um uh, partner a philanthropic partner called project canine hero and we had little project canine hero stickers um printed up little circles and we just stuck them on we had the warehouse i mean our yep. warehouse working 24 hours <laughs> a day sticking stickers i have to just tell you like i've lived that i um my wife and i have a a little bit of a side business this is a a little bit of a i'll just tell you the story because it's so relevant here um the first we we made this card game a couple years ago and it has nothing to do with bone broth but it's funny um and you were all excited and the product got shipped over and we're kind of you know we're waiting for it to land over and um coming over on the ship from china and all this and it arrived at customs and it didn't like each unit didn't say made in china on it so they wouldn't let it out of customs until every unit had a sticker on it that said made in china so we had to pay people to go put stickers on every unit like (laughs) that's crazy We've been there. We have been there. Crazy. And, and yeah, I mean, and it's like somebody should have told us, but I mean, I don't know. You just don't know. And not everybody knows either. Like you, not everybody would know you're like what you said about each state having different pet food rules. So yeah. And for, for us, it was, we were shipping to Wegmans like that week and <laughs> oh, found out from the state of New York that we needed to right. put stickers on it. And so that was, you know, one thing about Kim and I is we always, We'll have that moment where we get a phone call and it's, you know, not great news and I'll <laughs> the phone and call Kim and say, okay, let's, yep, let's solve it, it. because it, there's no point in stressing about it because we've had probably everything that can possibly happen, happen to us. And we just keep on going. Keep going. Yeah, and I mean, look at where you are now. Um, we'll talk about lessons learned shortly. Um, so, what was what was your first big win? You know, you, you, you know, you're making product. Like, was it? Did you get instant access to retail, or hey, we'll try it out in a couple stores? Like, what did that look like up front? Um, well, I think for us, you know, getting Wegmans as a <laughs> huge partner is huge. That definitely opened a lot of doors because people like even like warehousing companies and people like that were actually like, oh, okay, In that now case, yeah, yeah. So for us, you know, they're a really important partner for us, and it's been a great relationship. The pet buyer there is really forward thinking; is a great person to work with. So um, that, that was definitely a big win because it gave us the credibility to then go out and start our, so we, we did our beta test in 2018 and we kind of did our national sales push meeting with various buyers in 2019. And then, um, we ended up getting Target nationally for wow. a launch in March of 2020, which was when the <laughs> shutdown occurred. <laughs> I got a surprise. Yeah, but people were get, adopting dogs and, I mean, staying home, I'm sure. you got, Did you guys even take a hit during that time or what did that look like during COVID? Well, that's when you talk about pivoting, right? right. So we, you know, we feel and we've been told by many retailers that, that our product has great shelf appeal the packaging looks great it stands out in the pet aisle so you know we knew that the target guest was going to go in and they look for innovative you know value driven products and we thought okay you know there's part of it is the shelf appeal because people are browsing through the aisles looking for what's new but then you know 
it was a shutdown and this was before everyone started adopting pets. So now we're like, okay, how do we pick it? <laughs> right. Because now everyone's ordering online and no one's going to know to look for Brutus broth. Right. But then it's, Interesting. In the ad world, we're competing against Purina. Right. So we don't have that kind of budget where there's, you know, you're spending millions of dollars on marketing. So what we did was we actually started um, talking to micro influencers and we're not talking about like Kim Kardashian that you pay, you know, a ridiculous right, money right. to try your product. We found people that had smaller followings that weren't product hawkers and, you know, obviously had dogs and loved dogs and talked about their dogs because for us, the biggest way for us to market our product is to get it into the hands of people and have dogs try it. So we have many people are like, your product is like puppy crack because <laughs> my dog will not eat without it. And it's also, you know, for us, it's, there's a learning curve with our product too, because, you know, I never knew this when, when we started researching what the benefits of bone broth are for a dog, we all knew that Brutus did, you know, lived a long, healthy, active life. But, you know, some of the things that we just, I didn't realize was that, you know, bone broth's a natural detoxifier and dogs are exposed to a lot of toxins in their daily lives, whether it's like running through a park that has, you know, grass that's been treated with chemicals like fertilizers or pesticides, or they're lying on a carpet that's been treated with fire retardant chemicals, or even when you give you know, dog flea and tick meds, those are, are very toxic. So the bone broth naturally detoxifies and it helps prevent, you know, what they call leaky gut syndrome, which sometimes Ooh, is what causes of those syndrome. tumors. Ooh. So you know how dogs get fatty tumors? Yes. That's from gut syndrome. So hmm. the bone broth naturally detoxifies and it also helps with the digestive system by coating it and um, preventing that from happening. So aside from just being nutritious with amino acids and so forth. And then obviously we, we add turmeric for inflammation and glucosamine and chondritin for joint health, but it's just like an, we kind of say it's cover your bases, you know, your nutritional basis by just adding this to whatever you're feeding your dog, whether you're feeding your dog kibble or your raw feeder, or you cook your own food, you just add a little bit to their diet. I so. definitely learned something new. I had no idea that that's what that was. Um, wow. Um, this is so cool and, and so amazing where you guys have come in for those listening. Remember, this is starting in 2016. Here we are four or five years later. But as you heard, the meeting with the retailer, uh, with Wegmans, the sales team was in 2019. So, you know, two plus years in, it takes time to develop product and get it out there and market and then it really get the momentum going or it can. So, um, and you guys, I think moved rather quickly, which is amazing. Um, I always love to ask our audience, well, actually, before I get to this last question, what kind of marketing did you have to do besides the micro targeting, I'll say this last year, anything else specific that you guys did to help grow your brand? Well, you know, we, we mentioned earlier that um, we have a philanthropic platform. Our mission is to nourish your pet while giving back to the community. So we do a lot with um, various, you know, dog charities and shelters and so forth. So that's a big, you know, push for us because we know that once you go and you adopt a dog, a lot of people just say, what are you currently feeding the dog? So right. if the dog is being fed Brutus broth and a lot of dogs in sh shelters that we work with are ill or abused or have issues. So, um, being able to, 
to donate product to them to, to help rehabilitate their dogs is something important to us. But it also, from a marketing standpoint, will give them coupons. You know, we work with, for example, uh, West Texas spay and neuter. They spay and neuter about 5,000 dogs a month. So they hand out free product samples and coupons for our regional uh-huh, retailers. Very nice. So there's stuff like that that we do. We still, you know, do digital ads and, and you know, things like that. But for the most part, again, it's just getting people to try the product. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, looks like a lot of people are. Um, BrutusBroth.com. I mean, Amazon, 1139 re- ratings, almost five star. Um, wow. Chicken and beef flavor. Anyway, uh, two packs, six packs, 12 packs, all kinds of packs. Um, so... Before we go, I'd love to ask each of you um, one of my favorite questions. You know, what would be two or three of the biggest lessons learned in launching a brand? Um, and and you guys have had a couple years now of of growing this. You've got a lot of runway in front of you. What would be some advice you'd share with our audience? Well, I think the first thing is do your homework. I think that's really you know it's it's such a simple thing and it seems so obvious, but you know you have to be open to learning about anything in your industry. Because if you go in thinking you know everything already, you're going to be sorely mistaken and you're going to have some issues. So, you know, always do your homework. The other thing that I have been a big proponent of even in my whole entire life is surround yourself with really smart people that, you know, Kim and I, (laughs) we have a no jerk policy, but um, (laughs) we like to work with good people, but we also you know, we don't know everything and we are, you know, honest about that. So for example, we just hired a CFO and he's great. And he does a lot, uh, you know, he's taken a lot off our plate. Um, I'm not a math brain. So I hope you should see my notebook before <laughs> I hired him because I have like the long division and, you <laughs> nice. know, so, um, you know, surround yourself with smart people just, and, you know, make sure that you, are open-minded to anyone that comes into your space and anyone that's, you know, willing to help you. Uh, uh, I think that's really important. Yeah. And the network, use your network, you know, as Sue said, it's kind of along the people track, but sure. using the network and, you know, we belong to a lot of these like entrepreneurial groups, like sure. people who have are starting out and those have been great forums for us because it's like, you can post and ask a question and, people are always willing to help. And we're the same, like we'll help people like, oh my God, I'm meeting with a Target buyer. What are the things I should know? Or I just got into Target. What's your experience? So, you know, it's it's give and take. And I think that's the fun part of it too, because it's like I said earlier, like whatever you think is going to happen usually doesn't. So right. <laughs> you need to know how to problem solve. You need to know how to pivot. And, you know, people always ask us, what's your mantra? Or what, do you, what kind of keeps you going for right. me? Like we, our dad was an entrepreneur and oh, very good. basically said, you know, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it, That's right. like, you know, and make sure you love what you're doing because you're going to be doing a lot of it. So don't just think, okay, I'll do this for a year. And then, you know, maybe I'll change my mind and do something else if you could, but you got to really love what you're getting into because you're going to be spending a lot of time doing it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I love it. What a great segment to be working in and fun, so much fun to create a product and then grow that brand. Um, so, and congrats on that. Share with our audience where they can connect with you, uh, find your product. You mentioned a couple places like Wegmans Target. I mentioned your website. Any other uh, shout outs you want to give in terms of how our, our, our audience can get in touch with you or, or buy your product? 
Yeah. So um, our website is brutusbroth.com. Our emails are Kim at brutusbroth.com and Sue at brutusbroth.com. <laughs> and um, we are, you know, we're in about 4,500 retailers. We're in a lot of regional grocery uh, chains on the East Coast. We're slowly expanding to the Midwest right now, but nationally we can be found at Target and Petco and online, obviously Amazon and Chewy and our website. I love that. Yep. Kim and Sue, so great having you on. Um, I hope you'll come back on down the road. I'm excited for you guys. I mean, and just, again, such a great, great product and a great segment and lots of runway in front of you. But thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.